Testing, testing, one, two, three. Mic is live, mic is hot, don't eat it, even though it's an SM58 beta. If you're on stage, you're gonna eat the mic, but that, that's here a whole different thing. So, why did I decide to do this? <laughs> I really shouldn't be wearing myself. I feel very schizophrenic Here we go. Hello, and welcome to Making Sparkles, a podcast about making the musical Sparkle Pony Bear. I'm writer-composer T.C. Crosser. I currently am living in New York City. I've lived out here for about three years now, um, having produced a number of cabaret shows, theater events, and the like. I now feel I have enough knowledge to impart upon you the things I wish I'd known before moving out here to tackle writing a musical. So a little bit about myself. Um, For the past... 10 to 15 years before moving to New York City, I was a full-time composer and rock band producer, um, mainly having resided in San Francisco, working out of Hyde Street Studios and RHL rehearsal studios, and the like, having kind of made my mark, writing scores for commercials such as Microsoft, um, working in the modern dance field with dancers such as Jennifer Meller, um, and just a large number of crazy events, including a weekly punk show I used to produce at the Gaudy Infusion Lounge in San Francisco, also having done weekly shows and produced shows for venues like The Stud in San Francisco. Um, That's kind of the breath. As the podcast progresses, as I hopefully get other people to talk with so I don't feel so... bipolar and schizophrenic um you'll get a little bit more of the stories that come with that and how a lot of those experiences in sort of that guerrilla music making format have kind of informed me and helped evolve into the process that i'm currently in with writing musicals and producing cabaret shows in new york city so i wanted to take a little bit of time just to kind of explain how I envisioned the format of this podcast. Um, Eventually, I'm going to be bringing in a lot of guest artists and a lot of people to speak with. Mainly, it'll be easier for me, and also it'll give me a chance to kind of bring in a lot of the friends and colleagues I've collaborated, not only here in New York City, but hopefully abroad in like San Francisco, LA, San Diego, which actually has a surprisingly interesting theater community that I learned a lot from. Um, But for right now, the hope is is that I'm going to try to be as chronological as possible um, and be as detailed as possible. So it can it'll start with kind of me explaining the idea, how I came up with the idea. It'll go into showing examples of how this is going to work as far as writing music and how I like to track things out. It can it'll even evolve into like doing your first workshop and little unknown facts like renting a space. Why do you have to have renter's insurance? Uh, How do you get a liquor license? Because obviously you wanna booze them up before they enjoy something, you know? Or even just kind of meeting managers and contacting, and the huge difference between managers and agents as it pertains to actual writing. So that's kind of how I'm hoping it's gonna evolve, it's gonna change. Hopefully it'll be a lot more entertaining and not as dry as it is right now. But I kind of feel like this is the formality. This is you and I getting to know each other. Um, Also, I'm going to highly encourage everyone to communicate with me via social media, um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. All three of those are just with my name, TC Crosser. That's T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. I'm also on SoundCloud with the same. Everything's TC Crosser. I just, that's how I'm going to keep my life organized and not lose my shit. Um, So please, as you listen to this two years from now, (laughs) I am lonely enough. I will probably answer all of your questions anyway. Okay, let's be honest. Ten years from now. Ten years from now when I've probably finished the show and it's gone nowhere. And now I shouldn't say that because maybe it will go somewhere and then, well, then I can look back on it and be like, ha, ah, look, see, I thought I was stupid, but I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm pretty dumb. So, so that's where we're going to start. And so where we're going to start today 
is just kind of covering the basic elements of how I came up with the idea for the show. Um, unfortunately, this is not the practice girl before prom. I've, I've written a couple of shows already. Um, I have a couple of shows currently in development in various stages. Those are going to come up as well because a lot of those have a lot of information about certain aspects of creating this. So, but for today, for this episode, we're purely just going to kind of cover the basics of what Sparkle Pony Bear is, other than just a really fucking cool name for a musical, um, and also maybe a little bit more about myself. So I figure the first place to start <laughs> is to figure out, well, what the fucking hell are you writing in the first place, Tyler? Um, oh, this is also very important to note. Um, TC Crosser is purely my professional name. Um, the only people that call me TC are people that only know me in a studio capacity. Anyone that knows me for any personal amount of time, and usually it only takes five minutes <laughs> with me, especially if I'm fucked up, um, is I prefer Tyler. So, so just beware that TC and Tyler can often be floated around. And if someone does call me TC, it's usually because I don't care for them. <laughs> And I'm just being a dick. But but again, for unions and licensing and music publishing right purposes, my professional name is TC Crosser. And I'm going to go into the whole music licensing and publishing side of this as well. Um, having been a producer for so long, it's really important to protect your shit. Like, it is really important to have an accurate record of everything you're doing. In fact, the whole reason I'm doing this podcast isn't just so I can hear myself talk, because I really do think I sound like a gay Kermit the Frog. Um, the important part of this podcast is for documentation, um, to make sure that it's intellectual property. No one else can have this. And the minute I post something publicly to stay that, it timestamps it. So... Anyone that any Yahoo out there that goes, I wrote Sparkle Pony Bear. Well, can you prove that your idea came before these specific timestamps? I obviously have other protections in place. Um, I do have legal representation. I do go through the right things. And many of you may be in the situation I was years ago where I didn't have that. So I can help you. Exp I can help. I can help you. I will help you. Um, so back to what is Sparkle Pony Bear? Um, this is going to be a very long, complicated answer. But the short one is, it's a psychological sci-fi musical about a man going back in time and basically inhabiting the consciousness of his 16-year-old self in the rural farm community of Mason City, Iowa. It's very loosely autobiographical. Um, that's just the main. That that's just the gist. It's kind of this weird sci-fi kind of pop rockish exploration of why someone would do this. Um, because it's I'm a huge sci-fi junkie. There are a lot of rules and regulations about how this universe works for this musical to actually happen the way it does. Um, and I'm just going to start with that because I think as I kind of explain my process and where I've come so far with this, um, all these things are going to make sense. But I'm just going to lead with that. And that lead usually is what gets everyone like, what? It's a, what is a sci-fi musical? Not since Xanadu or Flash Gordon. And I love Flash Gordon. So don't hate, motherfucker. So you may be going, wait. What? I don't understand. Sci-fi musical about a guy who goes back into his 16-year-old self in Mason City, Iowa, and it's not Freaky Friday. And I'm like, well, it could be a little bit like Freaky Friday, only there's no real switch. It's just he's inhabiting it. Um, and again, I know. I know I'm being vague. I know it's going to be a little bit of a catch, and this may be the reason you turn this off, but... Um, you just have to bear with me because a lot of what I'm going to be exploring as far as music scapes and ideas and character development really heavily r relies on the longer format of what the show is about. And at its core, the show is really about, it's, 
do you know Camus the Stranger? Because <laughs> that's how it started. And I think that the best beginning is just to start with how I came up with the idea and what I started to do to document and figure that idea before anyone else knew about it, before anyone else heard about it, before any boyfriend or friend or anyone, although I'm sure they did because I was probably blackout drunk at a bar at that point in my life, um, going clean and sober, no liquor for me. I still smoke a ton of pot and I chain smoke cigarettes though. So I'm still cool. I still got my indie cred. I may not have a tattoo, but that's because I'm terrified of needles. So what we're going to do is we're going to jump right into it. I'm going to begin with an explanation of kind of what I was thinking, my mindset, just coming up with the initial idea. Because I think that's a problem that a lot of us face, right? You're writing a show, you want to write a show. And it's like, well, what the fuck am I supposed to write about? Or how am I going to write about this? Um, And the first rule of thumb, the first thing I can always tell you is there are no bad ideas until you tell someone else. And there's nothing wrong with taking a break. There's nothing wrong with writing an idea down, taking a nice long walk, taking a cold shower, doing whatever it takes, and then revisiting it and maybe having a different perspective on it. Um, Again, it's not a bad idea until you tell someone else. (laughs) And that is pretty much the biggest mistake I've made throughout my entire professional career is you never want anyone else to know what you're doing until you are at least 75% certain you know what you're doing. And again, 75%. You're never going to be 100% certain because if you're 100% certain, more than likely, it's just shit and it's going to be crap anyway. So so without further ado, we're going to jump into the real format and the real chronological order and I'm going to start to begin to share how I came up with Sparkle Pony Bear. Before I moved to New York City, I lived in San Francisco. I lived there for 10 years. Um, I'm a surreal monogamous. I'm just going to, I think part of this podcast, I have to be 100% honest with who I am, where I've been, and what I've experienced. Because Sparkle Pony Bear really is the most autobiographical work I've ever done. Um, so prior to New York City, I had been slowly developing a musical called And the Infinite. And And the Infinite actually is still happening. Um, currently we're still working on a third draft polish. Um, I brought in an entire production team. There's a whole mechanism at play with that. Um, and, and the infant's going to come up a lot because it is the kind of flagship project that's being worked on right now with the most number of people. Um, I have tons of demos of it. We've done workshops of it. It went from a two hour show <laughs> to a 45 minute show to a three hour show. And now we're kind of whittling it back down into like a more like palatable, like 90 minute experience. Um, so I was working on that. I was first writing that with a small kind of ragtag tag group of musicians. One was pretty punk. One was pretty pop and just kind of adding these ideas along the way. I fell in love as I always do (laughs) with the wrong person as I also tend to do. Um, and what happened in the last two years of San Francisco was an insanely physical and emotionally abusive relationship. It's okay. I've processed it at this point. Not that I think you are in the back of your head going, oh, that poor boy, I must love him and show him the ways of a real man. (laughs) Although, I I mean, I'm not going to kick that out of bed either. Remember, Instagram has direct messages. Send me a video. Anyway, um, so in that process of this very contemptuous relationship, it was complicated. Because with him, this man that I was with, who will remain anonymous, it, I'm going to be pausing a lot. It's, just, it's, it's, a, it's still a very intense topic to bring up. The problem is, is that I think anyone that's ever encountered abuse in a, in a relationship understands this idea of power, the loss of power. Um, there's an understanding of the core concept that that man was a... 
I loved him. I, I don't think I've ever felt as strongly for someone as I felt for him. But it's also a dissection of why I loved him. Did I love him because he was so abusive? Did I love him because of traumas I endured as a child? Um, it, it's very, it, it's a mixed bag. But, and I'm going to go into much greater detail as we go. But again, this is just the origin story. So in this process, I'm with this guy, um, and my friends kind of had to pick a side. They were literally seeing me show up with like black eyes and gashes and I would make excuses. Oh, I got drunk and I fell or, you know, and they, everyone knew what was happening. Um, this man also happened to be really short. (laughs) So it's kind of like when you would see the two of us together in public, the last thing you would think is that like this guy was beating the shit out of me, but it happens. and, And I think it's an important thing about abusive relationships to understand is it's not about size. It's not about physical strength. It's so much more complicated than that. So my friends knew as stubborn and as punk as I am, that they couldn't just tell me to, to knock it off. So what they did was they tried to turn it into a joke. So here is this little guy who they used to call, they used to call him the evil midget, but they needed to give him a name that was so innocuous and so diffusive that they could actually kind of stomach the idea of what was existing, just so we could maintain this like 10 years of San Francisco bliss that I had concocted in my head. So, and that's where the origin begins, they called him Sparkle Pony Bear. Yep, see, now it all starts to make sense. You're going to find that as I narrate these podcasts, especially when they're just by myself, um, I'm very tangential, but I'm specific tangential. It always comes back full circle around. It's just my radius is very, (laughs) very, very large. But again, so Sparkle Pony Bear is the name of the abusive ex that used to kick the crap out of me. And that's the nuts and bolts of it. So as you can kind of piece together, I was dealing with this. I was writing a different show. I finally, after a very distinct night where I was about to actually move into his place, um, my lease had just run out. Literally, I was going, I'd already moved my stuff in, and like in a couple days, I was gonna be living in his place together with him, and that's how I was gonna spend the rest of my San Francisco life. Um, we went to a birthday party for my friend. Um, we both proceeded to drink excessively. Um, I blacked out, and when I came to, um, Two police officers were trying to comfort me. I was completely covered in my own blood. And he was holding a knife and a cutting board that were covered in my, like, like basically tissue. <laughs> my, like, facial tissue. <laughs> um, and that was the very last night I ever really saw him. Um, after that, I got out. Um, I also realized I had a problem. I had a lot of problems. I had substance abuse problems. Um, I clearly had emotional issues. Um, so instead of taking the responsible route of trying to stay where I was, but seek the help I needed, I decided to run away. And in deciding to run away, I decided the best way to do that was to move to the exact opposite coast and write musical theater for a living after having spent my entire young adult career crafting and honing a profession of writing for commercial compositions, film scores, and producing rock bands. I kind of sold everything I had. I cashed everything out, and with like two duffel bags and a hope and a prayer, I moved to New York City. Um, And and the entire adventure of living in New York City is is is. And, like, determining I have alcohol issues, like, and determining these things, um, and finding semblance without being, like, one of those stupid dry drunks. Like, those are all stories that kind of come up later, but that's the origin. That That's how Sparkle Pony Bear begins. Um, not the show itself, but just me deciding this is what I want to write about. So, take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> <laughs> um, obviously, I think there are elements that are going to stick and make more sense. 
So I have this horrific experience. I decide that with a name like Sparkle Pony Bear, it has to be a show. Um, and obviously I didn't start like that. It was a lot of different friends and family and colleagues kind of going, this is an important story. This is something that you should be telling. So, so it wasn't just me like sitting on a rock going, I'm going to write this show. But no one anticipated, no one expected me to turn this into a time-traveling sci-fi epic that takes place in rural Iowa. Um, but yep, that's how it happened. <laughs> so, so one of the thing I went, so I always in the back of my head knew that this was a show I wanted to explore and write. Um, and what kind of started in my head was that obviously you have this antagonist, Sparkle Pony Bear. You have this unlikely hero who I'm calling Topher, who is the man that decides to inhabit his former 16-year-old self basically to try to fix things. And there's a twist. And I'm going to give the twist right away because it doesn't matter because this is a show about writing the musical, not about suspension and getting people excited about the musical. So the whole premise is he goes back in time to 16, but he only has two years of remembering who he actually is. After two years, he's going to lose his conscious like awareness and he's just going to revert back to who he has kind of transformed his current self into. Again, you have to smoke a lot of pot to understand that part. Um, so he's got two years, um, and what he's secretly doing is he's basically using the two years to try to fulfill his destiny in his head of like being this prolific, amazing writer, um, but at the same time with the intent of finding Sparkle Pony Bear um, when Sparkle Pony Bear is 18 and kind of grabbing him and taking care of him and helping him evolve so that he'll be the man that he wants to actually be with um, without all the abuse and stuff. I know it's a very fucked up plot and that's kind of the whole thing because it's a commentary on abusive relationships and codependency issues and any man that's willing to like sacrifice his, his present day being to go back in the time to only exist for two years obviously he's fucked in the head and so that it, it is a dark comedy musical and so that that's kind of the core concept I was playing around with that's how this all kind of comes to be so you have these two central lines you have this line of Sparkle Pony Bear the actual person um, and then you have Topher who has now inhabited his 16 year old self and in my head, I kind of think that this guy is like Topher in real life, in present life, is probably like in his 50s or 60s. Again, it's theater. You can suspend disbelief. And that, and that was the biggest thing about coming up with just the core concept that was something I had to really grapple with. It's the fact that if it hasn't been done before um, or you haven't fully fleshed out how you want to do something doesn't necessarily make it a terrible idea. It just means that you're kind of trailblazing and that, yeah, there are going to be some decisions along the way that are really stupid and just sound shitty. And then there's some ideas that come through the pile, you know, the pile that are going to be prolific and amazing. Your job is not to judge that. That's other people's job. Your job is just to write what you love, write what you know, and explore what you want to explore. There is plenty of time in development for the producers and the potential director and the cast for all of them to have their own feedback and advice. And I'm not even going to say it's bad advice. I'm just saying they're going to have that. But this is the only moment you're ever going to have to yourself before you, again, like I said earlier... There is no such thing as a bad idea until you tell someone else. <laughs> so, so with Sparkle Pony Bear, this was kind of a lockbox, like this whole sci-fi element I developed and really took notes about for, oh my God, I think it was about like six months. Um, I 
am a very tactile writer, so I had a moleskin. I always have moleskins. Um, I've stacked some moleskins everywhere. Um, and I think organization and kind of having your own weird hermit-like qualities is is important. So, so I have a lot of moleskins. They're they're the oversized moleskins with line paper. Um, they also make an amazing moleskin with staff paper that I absolutely have with me everywhere. But I literally I went out, went to the moleskin store. I bought a moleskin just for Sparkle Pony Bear. And that's what I started with. And this moleskin is only for writing thoughts about Sparkle Pony Bear. And I know it seems trivial or sounds like a no-brainer, but it's very easy when you're a writer to have the same notebook for everything and you're just scribbling ideas down. I know like when I was younger, I used to have my moleskin at the bar because I thought it would impress other guys. Oh, yeah, big FYI. I'm a homo if you haven't figured that out yet. <laughs> but so I wrote these, I, you know, I used to write ideas to get people to hit on me. But now that I'm an adult and I'm old and I'm ugly, I'm like a gay Danny DeVito. It's like, shit, I don't need to worry about that. So having a dedicated scratch book, scratch pad or something just for the project you're writing becomes really helpful, especially later on down the line. If you need to go back to the drawing board or explore ideas, you're not being, you're not being consumed by other things you were writing about. It's all there in just this one book. Also really important not to lose that book because... <laughs> <laughs> because then you've defeated the whole purpose and you're kind of fucked. So, so I got a mole skin and I just started to kind of draft out these ideas. Like I started writing out the sci-fi rules. I started writing out the different core concepts and ideas. And, and again, this is just the first episode. Mommy's a little long winded anyway, but that's kind of how I started. I had a mole skin I wrote out my ideas. I haven't even touched a piano yet. I haven't touched any music or anything. And I think that's really important. I think that before you start tackling the music, you have to have a general idea of what you want to write about. Um, I have a lot of buddies and a lot of bands I've worked with where they go in the studio and they don't have a fucking goddamn song written. And then they just kind of look at you like, well, we're just going to write it on the fly. Well, I can tell you right now, 95% of the bands I've worked with who shall remain nameless that do that, their album ends up sucking, or more importantly, it took at least three to four times more time to get it done and professional sounding than it would have if they'd already known what they were coming and tackling. So again, all theme, no music, that's the core concept. You come up with the theme, you come up with the different emotional arcs, the ideas, you start to kind of develop out these characters. And for me, really, it was these two central characters. It was this abusive evil midget, Sparkle Pony Bear, and myself, Topher, because, you know, I'm not that original, for Christ's sake. So, so now that I have these two separate characters and I've kind of fleshed out, like, some of the mechanics, like, what is actually happening? What is the scenario? What are we doing with that? Once I've kind of figured that world out, now I'm going to hit the piano. And now I'm going to be able to really flesh out and figure out what I'm doing. And... <laughs> I was sorry. I was taking a break and I was trying to figure out, okay, I need to tell them about the difference of writing on guitar, writing on piano, writing using Ableton, like all these different things. And I kept remembering this one story very early on. I was like 21 and I was a member, I'm, a, I'm still I'm a member of ASCAP. It's the American Songwriters and Composers Association and Publishers. It's a long acronym. Um, I highly recommend it. I'll explain that all in greater detail later. This is, again, the, the intro really is the practice girl before prom. I, I promise this will become more refined. But so as 21, this 85-year-old woman who I'd never met, found me through ASCAP and basically wanted me to transcribe this musical she'd been writing. And the musical's called The Making of a Mistress, a story via email. And the entire premise was about this woman that became like basically a prostitute at a whorehouse because of 
email exchanges. It, it was insanely contrived. And she was an older woman. Um, she had no musical ability whatsoever. And this is before we even really had cell phones. God, I'm so old. Um, cell phones were around, but they were very antiquated. So she would call my regular landline and blow up my voicemail with her screeching at the top of her lungs the different songs that she wanted me to write down so she could turn it into a show. So <laughs> just I think maybe along the way I'll find some old clips and I'll share that. Um, but the basic premise of writing music is you find how you write best. I There are amazing artists like Christopher Willits, who's a good buddy. He writes with guitar. Um, I have other friends like myself where we write purely on the piano and then we transpose and arrange for guitar later on. Um, there are other composers like George Hurd out there who use like Ableton and electronic machines and digital audio workstations to actually create the sounds they want. And then from that, they arrange for specific instruments. It doesn't really matter. You find what works for you. Don't try and reinvent the wheel. Don't try to learn piano if you play guitar. Like I, I really think, and I'm sure I'm going to get blasted for this, but I, I really feel like you have to be kind of genuine and true to who you are and your comfort level. Realize anything you write on whatever instrument you write it on can always be arranged and transposed for a different instrument. It's really more about being comfortable, and that's what writing music's about. It's about finding your comfort level so that way you can express yourself emotionally, <laughs> which is why I'm a pianist. And as a pianist, if you go to my YouTube, um, again, T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R, T-C-Crosser, um, you'll find I'm a batshit crazy pianist. I, I'm not saying I'm gifted or the best, but I'm very animated. I have a lot to say. I have a lot going on in my head. And the piano is just the one tool I use to get that out. And it is never more evident than when you see me actually perform on stage. I am fucking nuts. Um, even since I've been sober as in I just don't drink alcohol anymore. It's not a big deal. It's not like a am in AA. It's just I don't drink. I can't. It just I can't handle my liquor. I black out drunk. It, yeah, terrible stories. I still do lots of other drugs and pot and whatnot, but just no alcohol. It makes me angry. Um, so that it's important to kind of cover that. And then that's why I was thinking <laughs> making a mistress. Because <laughs> this is the making of Sparkle Pony Bears. I was just like, oh my God, my life, it always ends up coming full circle around no matter what I think or say or do. Um, so with that and that explanation, then now we can kind of get into what makes a musical theater song? How do you write these out? Um, I can tell you right now, as much as I, when I first started, tried to make it like writing it in the studio where I thought, oh, I'll just write a bunch of songs based on these themes, and then I'll put them together like an album, and then I'll have them recorded, and I'll have a fancy demo. Doesn't work that way. I've tried. Maybe it will work for you, but not all of us can write Tommy's The Who and actually make sense out of that thing. <laughs> I mean, even Elton John. Elton John writes these crazy albums that I love, and then he writes musicals I don't love. I mean... Aida is a kitschy thing, and it'll always be endearing in my heart, but it's, it's a true testament that there's a huge difference between writing music for a specific story or a specific show versus writing a bunch of music and putting it on an album for a band. So now that I have that out of the way, I can kind of cover some of the basic themes that I've developed, and also really important, the influences in those themes. Um... You know, it, we can't all write hit songs on the hit TV show Smash on NBC. And no, 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 this is not an old podcast. That, that's an old show with the highly underrated Deborah Messing. Um, but that show is just a train wreck and delightful to watch. And I used to actually have viewing parties for that show because I thought it was so much fun to watch. <laughs> Fuck you, Ellis. <laughs> um, so I also had Leslie, Leslie Odom Jr., who's now in Hamilton. So, I, I mean, you can't really go wrong. And, and there's a bunch of other people on there. Angelica Houston. Are you kidding me? Ugh. 
And then who's that one chick? She's not Taylor Swift. Oh, Catherine McPhee. <laughs> Talk about a wet bag. Um, but she's in a CBS Scorpion now, so I guess she's doing fine. American Idol can work for you. So maybe if you've got to this point and you realize musical theater is way too much work um, and that's just it, then you can be like Catherine McPhee. Go on American Idol. Oh, wait, American Idol is canceled now. Um, find some other open mic and be famous that way. But this writing music for musical theater is a whole different beast. It requires a tremendous amount of organization. It requires a tremendous amount of appreciation and knowledge of the musical art form. And it also requires a tremendous catalog of non-musical artist influences. Um, and so I'm going to kind of start to dive in. Um, I'm going to share some examples of a couple of bits I've so far wrote, written, <laughs> composed um, for Sparkle Pony Bear based on the two major themes. And so we're going to kind of share that and I'm going to kind of break that out. But I'm going to take a really quick break, which will be nothing for you, but for me means the world. And I'm back through the magic of editing and stuff things. Oh, it was a nice break. It's really hot in New York right now. Um, it is Friday, July 8th, 2016. Should have probably said that in the beginning. And now I'm too lazy to even say it in the beginning. I don't care. Anyway, okay. So, music. <clears throat> it's always important. So, I'm going to use Sparkle Pony Bear moving forward as my example. I'll probably go back and forth with other things. But So, for Sparkle Pony Bear... As we've discussed, we've got Sparkle Bony Bear, the evil midget, and we've got Topher, who's kind of like me. So a lot of artists like to think that everything's original, and they're like, oh, it's, it was just in my head. I, there was this one female art recording artist I worked with years ago, <laughs> who, again, anonymous, um, but what are, one of the things I do as a producer is I always, I'm like, okay, what are your influences? How did you come to create this song? And her response was, I just, I just get naked and I just, I just kind of ramble and it just kind of comes out of me like this out of body experience. <laughs> I was like, I also used to be a real dick back then. So of course I just looked at her and I was like, ah, you're full of shit now. Inspiration is important. Listening to other artists are really important. Um, You know, it's the age old adage um, okay, artists are influenced, amazing artists steal. Um, I steal constantly. I love soundscapes. I love taking things that influence me or things that I think are amazing and then using that in my work. And the ultimate justification is even if it's something that's borrowed, even if it's something else that you're kind of mimicking, at the end of the day, it's your own voice. And so this is, unless you're literally going on like guitartab.com, it's just literally stealing the riff, which we all do. Don't fucking lie. Like we all go, okay, what was that chord progression thing you used? Um, so I'm just going to be really honest. Uh, I am a 90s brat. I love music from the 90s. Um, my influences are a little bit more heavily skewed towards like garage bands like uh, Sebado, John Spencer Blues Explosion. Um, I think as pop as it gets for me is kind of like uh, Alanis Morissette, but only the Jagged Little Pill album. That whole like Thank You India thing. I was like, fuck that shit. I don't care about that. Um, so it became very evident right away that I needed distinct character soundscapes for my two characters. So the very first thing I did was I thought about Sparkle Pony Bear. Now, he's anonymous, but he does have a YouTube channel, and he, <laughs> he loves doing R&B covers. <laughs> so the original inclination was, okay, I need to write R&B cover like songs for him and I'm not even going to try to share any of those ideas and thoughts that was a bad idea and again because it wasn't original it wasn't something I was inspired and created it was more kind of like cut and paste so instead I realized 
I love dashboard confessional. I love the idea of this rot emotional experience between this very screechy singer and this guitar. It's the same reason why I love Bright Eyes. So, <laughs> so for Sparkle Pony Bear's kind of opening main theme, I just created on the keyboard a very simple kind of looped um, guitar sound. And I'm gonna play that for you, just the loop. I'm gonna play the loop for you right now. And that's just the loop. So, so that was kind of my core, kind of, okay, I'm just gonna kind of vamp on this. And then, I started to kind of form a bit of a chorus idea. And again, I'm not worried about any melody lines or anything necessarily like that. And that's just how it works. Some people come up with the melody lines or verses and all that first. I am very chord driven. I, if you watch my YouTube channel, you will see me on the piano. I'm nuts. I think there's enough to pull from. <laughs> so, and then this is kind of the, the riff I was doing on the chorus. And yes, there's a melody line on that. I am just too lazy to go back in time, remove the melody line, and then put it back in. But so so that's the core concept, right? Let, let's not try to reinvent the wheel. And let's also remember it's dashboard confessional influence. So you're going to do this very standard first chorus, first chorus, bridge, chorus, end. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I think those conventions exist for a reason. Um, I use them in a lot of my work, and I think it really does a good job of conveying the message. I think the main point <laughs> is you have to have your own take on it. You have to twist and control. Um, as you can see in the chorus, I did start it already. Like I started developing kind of a cool like chorus melody line I was liking to it. Um, so then I have these two pieces parts, um, and I'll go into my digital audio workstation specifics later. But like, so in Logic, I kind of block these into chunks. So I kind of have these first sections and these core sections, and then I kind of re-listen to them again, and I'm like, okay, I need a bridge. I need something that kind of breaks this out. So this is the bridge I came up with. So that was just kind of a bad crossfade, but I'm gonna leave it in because it's already 45 minutes long. <laughs> so, so now I have a verse, I have a chorus, and I have a bridge. So, so that's just the building blocks of the song. Um, I did go ahead with this one, and I kind of cleaned it up. I finessed it. Um, I added all of the melody lines to it. I also, I use Finale for my notation software. Again, super heavy, like technical, what do I use for this and that? I love that shit. I'm going to cover that as an entirely different podcast episode. It'll be on this one just a later time because it just, I feel like it, you really have to go into the heavy nitty gritty of why people use certain DAWs, why people use certain like software notations. That's all going to be covered. So, but I already did do all that. And so what I did was I took all of that, put it into a song format, cleaned it up, turned it into kind of a demo backtrack, and then I sent it off to a friend of mine who is a singer and a theater, musical theater actor. Um, and so hopefully he will share that 
recording with me and then I'll be able to share it with you. Um, I don't think it's fair to call him out or put him on the spot if he never actually gets around to doing it. Um, and again, finding demo singers for your work is just as important as anything else. And that's going to come in a future episode, which is why I'm not going to keep going on about that particular song. So the next step was I needed to figure out a song for Topher. Now, I'm not going to dig down in the well and pull out another Dashboard Confessional song. doesn't make sense. Um, if you're doing a regular studio album, yeah, that makes sense. You, you want to kind of stick to a certain format. For musical theater, though, you're conveying very different humans with very different human emotions at any given time. So... With Topher's theme, it's me, and I wanted to be able to emulate my craziness on the piano. So I think for this one, I'm going to probably concatenate a little bit the song I've written for Topher. Um, it's purely just on piano. There's no melody lines. There's no verses. This is the one that's going to be the easiest one to show you my process. But what I'm going to first start with is the main chunk of the song kind of explain it and then show you what the finished product moving forward with it is and so here is that and so then i just that's my loop right that's my kind of main my grind my jam yo gotta get my jam like salt and pepper so i kind of started with that and then i started to go oh, okay well i figured out it's kind of a rock piano but what are my influences <laughs> i'm just going to play the rest of what i came up with on this song <laughs> so my two major influences uh, there are three. There are three influences I'm pulling. Two of them are the same. So one is definitely going to be Queen, but more specifically Queen, the soundtrack to Flash Gordon, the movie. <laughs> and I, I know, I know, I know, I know, but bear with me. Um, the other major kind of theme I was going on was... When I started writing this, the story developed a little bit further, and I decided that Topher isn't just some random, he's going to be like a writer. Um, instead, what I decided was Topher's a pianist, because if this is going to be an autobiographical, I'm going to just fucking not lie. And so it's like Topher's a pianist. And so the core concept is if he's a pianist, who are his influences? And my biggest influence growing up as a kid learning piano was Rachmaninoff and like Russian pianists like Shostakovich and Tchaikovsky and these like crazy kind of heavy influences. So so you're going to see kind of like a Flash Gordon score from Queen meets Russian piano composition. Uh, and that is the rest that I'm going to share for this particular number.
So that... <laughs> so you can kind of see. You can hear definitely some flash. Ah! This is also where you're never going to hear me fucking sing on this podcast. I sound like a gay Kermit the Frog. Let's just be completely honest. We leave this to the professionals for the public. But also let me know on Twitter or Facebook or any social media ends with TC Crosser, T-C-C-R-O-S-S-E-R. Get on there. Let me know if you want to hear full songs or if you really want me to go in the nitty gritty and break this out into each individual piece's parts. Um, I'm kind of leaving it a little open-ended, A, because it's the very first episode and I don't even know what's going to happen. And B, I'm just inherently lazy sometimes. But again, if people start telling me stop playing full fucking songs, it's very self-congratulatory. Just break it out. I will totally do that. I have no problem. If you like that and you want more of just the full, um, I can do that. Um, also as I'm building this, um, all the podcasts are going to go on SoundCloud. So SoundCloud slash TC crosser. Um, and on the SoundCloud, you can always hear any of these things in full format anyway. Um, maybe that's going to be the better one. Yeah. I think unless I'm told otherwise in the future, except for this episode, I'm going to break it out. Um, but the SoundCloud, I love, th- I mean, it's just, my SoundCloud is just a fucking garbage bin. <laughs> it's just like any random thing I do, I put on there. And I, I love SoundCloud. And that's an important note for you as an artist as well. Um, don't always do what I'm doing. Because again, there's no such thing as a bad idea until someone else hears it. I think I'm just older and I've been around the block enough where I don't care. (laughs) Um, But that said, uh, so you can definitely hear these different influences. And it's important to note that not only can you hear the influences, it doesn't necessarily sound like I've copied a specific song even if we go back to sparkle pony bear's guitar theme it's important to note like once i put a singer in there i take the guitar and i get a real guitarist and i grade it up and i fix some things the idea of dashboard confessional is still there but it's still an original song it's an original song with original lyrics and original ideas it's just in the making of this, and for the sake of this podcast, I'm just being honest with you, and I'm just saying, hey, this was my influence. These are the people who I was listening to. Um, another really important shout out is going to be to an amazing artist named Cameron McGill. Um, he works a lot with my other favorite band, Margo and the Nuclear So and Sos. Justin Precise in San Diego, he'll know that. Um, Justin and I used to be in a band together called Echo Revolution. <laughs> One of these days, I'm just going to get have a stoned podcast, and I'll tell you all of my horror stories with different bands <laughs> and getting stranded in, Butte, stranded in Butte, Montana in a Honda Element twice. Um, but that's enough about that. So, so this is the general gist. Uh, as far as the music side, I've got two very strong soundscapes for two very distinct characters um and and these things didn't come overnight either and that was part of the thing that i was going to break out and then i was like i don't know if they want to hear it but i will explain like the topher rock number i just played didn't happen in one day um the core concept the very first rift i played yeah that happened in a day i laid it out i kind of tweaked it i was in logic i was kind of like all right well this chord structure is a little funky i gotta figure that but the rest of it took an entire week of me kind of going at it trying some things backing away from it working on other stuff coming back to it with a fresh mind it's just, I can't impress that enough. Like, especially as, a, as I'm older in my my years, um, I, I've now realized, like, breaks are important. You know, don't kill yourself over something that no one else is going to hear anyway. You know, and, and even if other people are going to hear it, take your time. There, that's the great thing about writing a musical. There's no fucking producer writing checks for your show. Like, there's no deadline when you're first writing it. Like, this is all you. So it's up to your own worth ethic and your own kind of frame of mind. I know mine, like, it ebbs and flows. I have days where, like, I wake up at 6 in the morning, drive everyone crazy, and I'm like, I'm going to write. And then I have other days where... 
I'm playing Final Fantasy 13, and you can go suck it. <laughs> so you find what works, and that, and that's that. And so these, these are the two cores that are going to influence everything else I write for the show. Um, it's also important to note. I say that a lot, but you know why not? Um, these are the only two things other than the thing I will play at the end that I've written for this show. And I've purposely been kind of holding off because I wanted to get everything together to do this podcast and I wanted to keep it fresh. I think that if I have too much writing done before I did the podcast, I would get really lazy and complacent because building an audience takes forever and I'd just be like, oh, I don't care about this podcast anymore. Well, I do care and I'm here. And I'm writing this literally as I'm posting it. So every week, you're going to get new stuff and new things that I've literally just posted. And I'm going to say literally a lot, apparently. And I'm not even stoned yet. And with that, we're at the 57-minute mark. So I think I'm going to call this a successful first podcast. <laughs> um, so uh, what I think will be fun is every intro to a podcast is going to be a snippet of a song I've already recorded that's not from Sparkle Pony Bear. So the intro to this one that you heard in the very beginning was to the song Any Other Place. Um, and it's starring the two amazingly gifted singers I love working with, Leah Olson and Angela Manfredonia. So if you want to go all the way back to the beginning to hear a little snippet of that and you want, I want more, just go to my SoundCloud and look up the song called Any Other Place. Um, also, for the outro, um, I'm going to always end up playing you a snippet of one thing from Sparkle Pony Bear that concludes my podcast episode. I would re-record this, but I'm too tired. So with that, here's the concept. I came up with an idea to further develop my show after starting to work on the soundscape for the main character. Because of that, I also came up with this opening number in my head. So the idea is Tover all of a sudden inhabits his 16-year-old self. I'm a dark comedy writer, so I thought what would be fun is you open on the stage with Sparkle Pony Bears, kind of raw visceral acoustic dashboardy song not really knowing what's happening and then you immediately smash cut to a 16 year old Topher who's on his way to piano class and immediately gets struck down runs to a bathroom and throws up and after he throws up he becomes the 15 50 year old him in the 16 year old self so because of that he goes to his piano teacher and basically, like, has this song memorized that has everything he needs to build all of the pieces, parts he wants to build in his head. Like, like you remember, he's inhabiting, but he still has to remember all this shit that he's going to do. So this is my idea, and it could change, but I'm going to leave you people for the next week or so with Topher's Piano Concerto. Enjoy. <laughs> 